Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Black Buffalo Zero products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of comparable products. If you're an adult age 21 and older who dips, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo Zero pouches. What are they made of? Pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves. Food-grade ingredients. Most importantly, there's no nicotine or tobacco. All proudly made here in the U.S. So if you're 21 and older and want to learn more about Black Buffalo Zero, head over to blackbuffalozero.com to learn more. You can buy their pouch online, ship directly to most states. Black Buffalo Zero, zero nicotine, zero tobacco, 100% ritual. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. All right, here we go. It is a Thursday live in Los Angeles. It's The Herd. Wherever you may be and however you may be listening or watching, thanks for making us part of your day. I appreciate that. want to uh, thank uh, J-Mac for filling in more than capably yesterday with Alex Curry. Uh, Greg Cosell on one hour from now. So uh, yesterday was a uh, a very uh, interesting day in my life yesterday, J-Mac. Because as you know, I have a relationship with Draymond Green because he's an employee of a company that I founded. And so yesterday, let's start with that. Draymond Green was suspended indefinitely by the NBA yesterday for actions on the court, inappropriate actions. It just so happened that uh, my two top employees at my company in management, the company's called The Volume, it's a podcast digital company, were with him when the commissioner called for three and a half hours or close to it uh we were working and have been working on a contract with draymond we're going to resign him but we've been working on it for four or five months it's complicated because draymond's a very effective podcaster uh and it's you know it's a lot of contracts for your big stars at any company are a little more difficult right so we've been working on that well it all came to a head yesterday we were working on the contract we finalized it and then he was suspended so my guys just happened to be in his house and talking with him so um, it's very, very different. So I was on the phone this morning and last night uh, with my management team. Uh, Draymond was very reflective, felt very sad about it, um, is a very thoughtful guy, made a mistake and knew it. And he is now sort of questioning himself as all adults do with complex lives. The Draymond that I know, the employee of the volume, is a great teammate, highly effective, incredibly coachable, smart, thoughtful, a great teammate. And let's be clear, he's been a great Golden State Warrior and outside of Jordan Poole has really been thought as a great teammate. That relationship never worked. 
but it has been, and I think I have a little bit of unique insight, and I do believe I have the right to share it. It's been a tough few months for him. First of all, all of us, I can only speak for men, not women, have a rabbi, a guru, somebody close to us. It can be your wife. It can be a brother. It can be a pastor. Draymond's guru with the Warriors to get him through tough times was Bob Myers, the former GM, a brilliant guy and a former basketball player. Bob left, and it's created a hole in Draymond's life. They were on the phone for multiple times yesterday. Also, it's been a team that is struggling. The dynasty is ending. It is ugly. They're losing a lot of games, and they feel a little bit hapless and helpless as a franchise. And if I may, I'd offer this third one. Because we've been negotiating a new deal with Draymond, he hasn't been podcasting. And Draymond, I think, would be the first to acknowledge that podcast is not only good, but it's his therapy to some degree. He can go, look straight down the barrel of a camera, talk to you, the American sports fan. He's just great at it. He's like a broadcaster. He's got a Charles Barkley ability. But I also am old enough, and this is the advantage of being in the 50s, when I remember Charles Barkley, who I adore, I love Charles Barkley, grabbed a fan and threw him through a window at an Orlando restaurant. And I grew up with Bill Lambeer, who did things that were wildly inappropriate on the court. And I watched Dennis Rodman do things. And in all cases, Barkley, Lambeer, Rodman, and Draymond, it's a different ask. You are asked to be an enforcer, not just a scorer or a defender. I know a guy that was a hockey fighter for years. That was his job. He wasn't the most skilled. He was a fighter. And we had a long lunch and talked about it one day, about hockey fighters. Every team would have one. They were called disruptors and fighters. Draymond, Rodman, Lambeer. Now, Barkley's obviously a highly skilled disruptor, but he was at times asked to do that, be the enforcer. It is a tough life. Many of the hockey fighters medicated through alcohol and drugs. Many very sad stories. That's not the case with Draymond. Draymond's a married kids, great employee, but it has been a really rough six months for him, and I'm living through some of it and hearing about it. Now, let's be clear. This is a sports suspension. The Internet loves an avalanche, and people love to ski on down it. It's why I'm not on the Internet much these days. I'm sort of over it. It's bullying constantly. But he didn't sell drugs to kids. He's not an arms dealer. He's not a shady politician. He's a highly emotional professional basketball player who has become, like Rodman and Lambeer, a disruptor. And sometimes he crosses the line. I am not defending his actions. He absolutely should have been suspended, and I don't have a problem with indefinitely at all. But I will defend him as a human being. I will defend him as a co-worker and employee. He's terrific and a really good guy. He was wrong, and he knows he's wrong. And he's gone through a very tough six months of no Bob Myers, a dynasty falling apart. We see it in football, New England. We see it in basketball, Golden State. It's hard, and it's hard on those people. Um, I know many of you are thinking, come on, Colin, go after him. He's a public figure. Public figures don't get a hide. Their mistakes are on TV, in radio. They're talked about on talk radio shows. It's different, and I always am conscientious of that. I really like Draymond. I hope he gets the help he needs. I hope I can be there for him. I will defend him to the end as a guy, as a employee. But what he did is wrong, absolutely wrong. Um, there's a place for regulated physicality, and sometimes crossing the line can be highly effective. He burst through it. He knows he burst through it, and he's now going to reflect 
the conversations he had last night with my management team, and I'm not going to share very much of them, but were incredibly thoughtful. There was great sadness. He reflected. He was critical of himself. But what guts him at his soul is that many of you think he's now a bad teammate. And on his tombstone, that's all that's ever mattered to Steph, Clay, Kerr, and his guys, and Bob Meyer, being a great teammate. And now many people doubt that, and it's gutting him. I'll update you as I learn more. Um, so I, you know, I wasn't uh, around yesterday. Had some doctor appointments and stuff like that. And so there was, um, there was a piece of audio from Cam Newton. His outfit is quite something, but I am not a dresser, so I'm really, other than get your hat on forward, I, you know, I don't, I don't talk much about dress. <laughs> uh, but he, he got into a discussion, and it should be noted, if he had not mentioned Dak Prescott, this would be a local story. If he just mentioned the other quarterbacks and not Dak Prescott, nobody cares. But Dak is the quarterback, highly effective one, of America's team. So here is Cam Newton. Um, he has a right to an opinion. He's a former MVP, got to a Super Bowl. Here's his thoughts on quarterback play. As game managers, Brock, Parody, Tua Tonga Valoa, Jared Goff, and really, Dak Prescott. Mm. These are game managers. They're, they're not difference makers. And when you say game manager, I'm not asking you to go out and win the game. I'm just asking you not to lose. Not to lose the game. That's, listen, <laughs> I don't give a damn what you do. You don't have to score every time. You just don't have to throw a pick every time either. If we're going to really call a spade a spade, a game manager is different than a game changer. Now, first of all, that's very smart, and he's right. A game manager is different than a game changer. That's a great line, and he's right. And Cam Newton was a game changer, and Josh Allen is a game changer. But yet with both, I'm often left unsatisfied. Because the all-time greats, and Cam doesn't qualify, are both. Mahomes does. But the word managing gets a really bad rap. Have you ever thought about this, that 90% of life is managing? Your wife's managing you. You're managing the family. You're managing your ego. I manage stuff all day. I've got a three-hour live TV show. It's a lot of talking. There's a show over at the other place. It's great. It's called PTI. It's excellent. It's two guys, a half hour. Mine's six times as long. That doesn't make it a better show. I'm just managing this thing. It's a lot. And managing football teams and managing families and managing companies, managing coworkers and managing your friend group and managing your family over the holidays. We're all managers. Mostly in life, you're trying to avoid the time bombs and the big mistakes. Jimmy Johnson a couple of days ago said on my show, you lose more games on dumb plays than you win them on great ones. It's all about managing. Cam Newton and Josh Allen aren't as good at the game managing part, although they are both game changers. So let me get you into Dak Prescott. Again, this would not be a story if Dak's name wasn't mentioned. I think Dak is a game manager, but when you're the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys that's much harder to manage than the Carolina Panthers he had to manage from game one Des Bryant's immaturity and emotions he had to manage Zeke's immaturity 
He's always had to manage Jerry Jones' more than healthy ego. He's had to manage the expectations of being the Dallas Cowboys quarterback. I would make an argument that Dak Prescott, on the field and off, is the greatest game manager the sport currently has. He's absolutely great. Is he a game changer? Once or twice a game, Dak will make a throw that most people on the planet can't. Josh Allen can, Mahomes can, but most can't. Game manager and managing in life is underrated. Cam Newton, by the way, would not be nearly as effective as a Cowboy quarterback. He led too often with his ego. He was constantly distracted. Cam and his game-changing talent was perfect for an irrelevant franchise in the South. He could be the star of. He sold tickets. He sold merch. He won games. Cam Newton was perfect for Carolina. But I would argue Dak is perfect for the Cowboys. You can't have a bigger ego than the owner. He won't permit it. Jerry's willing to take risks on highly dysfunctional but highly talented players. And Dak is asked to put his ego aside and manage them. If you look at people in life, in any industry, it's the ability, even for the super talented, to manage themselves. Michael Jordan was a super talent. He didn't win anything until Phil Jackson asked him to put a bit of a governor on his game and be a better teammate. It was when Michael Jordan was willing to manage his talent, pull back, better teammate, give up in key spots, that Michael became a legend. That is not a criticism of Michael Jordan. It shows you his IQ, his self-awareness, and his passion and commitment to winning. Managing gets a bad rap. Dak Prescott is in a unique quarterback spot in the world. Like, I'm talking about Real Madrid star. I'm talking about Manchester United striker, Dallas Cowboy quarterback, superstar score for the Lakers. It's why LeBron is so effective. He is a great manager and also a game changer. And Dak may be a little less in the game changing department. But saying that Dak is a game manager is, to me, uh, people do not understand the lift of it. It's much easier to quarterback the Buffalo Bills and the Carolina Panthers and the Detroit Lions. Dak is one of the great managers of controversy, ego, teammates I've ever seen. I've never loved him as a thrower. But his IQ coupled with his enormous EQ, don't take it as a criticism. In fact, the ultimate sign of respect for Dak Prescott is that it bothered you when his name was mentioned. You were okay with Tua. You were okay with Goff. You were okay with Purdy. But it ticked a lot of people off when you mentioned Dak. And my take is, you're damn right he's a game manager. Maybe the best I've ever seen. And there you go. You know, I get one day off and I get very reflective. Who knows? Maybe I should take every Wednesday off. J-Mac, get ready. <laughs> wait, wait a second. Now i got to work every Wednesday solo? 
I'm, I'm considering like three hours. I mean, Alex was helping me out big time, but boy, ooh, that was. And I got people coming at me from all angles. I mean, goodness gracious. Just... Yeah, see, that's the life of this show, you know. Yeah, yeah. I have a great parlay for you this weekend. Thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook. New users use the code HERD, H-E-R-D, when you download the app. Here's my parlay picks. People will sell their Packers stock because they lost to an average Giants team, but they're at home. I'll give up the three and a half. I think they beat the Bucks handily. Browns minus three and a half hosting the Bears. Chicago looked great, but Cleveland's defense at home will be a different matter entirely. Browns by a touchdown. And the Bills minus two at home. Yeah, I like all three favorites. I'll take them over the Cowboys coming off a highly emotional thrashing of the Eagles. You want to take the herd parlay? Check out DraftKings Sportsbook. New users. Code is herd. H E R D. When you download the app, it's easy. It's simple. DraftKings. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. In New York, call 877 8 Hope and Y or text Hope and Y 467 369. See show notes for full details. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When your child fights sleep, it can feel like a battle you'll never win. Imagine a bedtime routine you all look forward to, where you cuddle in and let the stress of the day melt away. Welcome to Sleep Tight Stories, a calming weekly podcast that brings bedtime stories, cuddles, and comfort to families worldwide. The stories are quirky, relatable, and spark wonder without overstimulation, so listeners can fall asleep and stay asleep. Each episode is narrated by me, Cheryl McLeod, a second grade teacher, and written by my husband Clark, an eternal second grader at heart. Tune in tonight and bond over a story before drifting off to sleep. Make bedtime the sweetest part of your day. Sleep Tight Stories. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're now entering the No Bull Zone, sponsored by Credible Great Rates and Another Bull. It's crazy life. Here I am, we're signing contracts, it all worked out, my people are all there, it just happened to be the day Draymond Green is suspended, so I'll get back to that, talk about that in a bit later, but uh, 
Uh, so I thought I'd give you some perspective on that kind of situation last night that happened. Um, so anyway, Giannis, a uh, little bit of a dust-up. So Milwaukee is playing Indiana, and Giannis has a huge night, 64 points. He wanted to get the game ball after. It was like one of the big nights of his career. And uh, apparently some kid for Indiana had scored his first points ever, and they wanted to give the game ball to Indiana. And so there was something that happened. You know, Giannis is kind of going down the tunnel t- trying to get the game ball, and uh, it, people are getting all worked up, and he wants the ball. And Indiana says, well, we're giving, there's a little bit of a confusion here. And so uh, it's not that big of a deal, but Giannis talked about it after. Can you confirm that you have the game ball from tonight? I have no idea. I'm not gonna lie. I, I have no idea. Um, I I don't know. You know, I really don't know. I don't know. I have the ball, but I don't know if it's a game ball. It doesn't feel like the game ball to me. It's it feels like a brand new ball. Um, like I can I can tell. You know, from um, I played what 35 minutes a day. You know, I know how the the game ball felt. You know the uh, the ball that I have, which I'll take and I'll give it to my mom for sure. But uh, I don't know if it's actually the game ball. So I, what I find fascinating with Giannis, this is the part. You know, this is just an incident. You know, it is not not much of a sports topic. But what I do think is interesting. So Giannis entered the NBA as almost a, a childlike innocence, uh, European player, eager, earnest, just a kid. Um, and then the United States sports machine took over. And that's about unforgiving, relentless pressure, wealth, expectations, and harsh criticism from talk show hosts, fans, coaches. It's the United States sports machine. And Giannis now swears regularly, gets after officials, uh, can be highly critical, and it's okay. It's really okay. It happens. Media, social media, Fans, criticism, you can see it, hear it, read it in the arenas. It hardens you. And that's what makes a great player, international soccer, NBA, NFL. Are you resilient? Can you handle it? Most athletes can't. And what you're watching is a hardening of an international star who came in a little puppy to this league, and now he's got a little bite to him. And I'm here for it. All these years of, you know, the different industries I've been in, podcasting, digital, radio, TV, covering athletes, the number one quality is not where you go to school. It's resilience. Remember that Michael Jordan documentary? He's fighting with the owner. He's fighting with the GM. He's fighting with Rodman, who's in Vegas partying. He's fighting with Pippen. He punched Steve Kerr. Resilience. Kobe Bryant fought with Phil Jackson, fought with Shaq resilience and Giannis comes in and these international players you know I'm just so lucky to be here and then the sports machine takes over and we say oh you want a championship where's a second and then he has to go to his team and say get me a star I'm out of here and so when I look at Giannis the growth of Giannis it's fascinating to watch what he was innocent childlike funny eager to now the expectations have been heaped on him, and he's got some bite in him, and he's got some fight in him, <laughs> and the path for superstars. I said this about Jordan. Jordan was the best-looking guy. He was the best guy. He had the best marketing. He had the best shoes. He was the coolest guy. He was the winning the titles. Go watch that documentary. It's not linear. He's battling the entire time. So I liked young Giannis. I like maturing Giannis. He's changed 
and he's needed to change and become more resilient with a little bigger bite and more demanding to get his way. Stars, people view them as a pain in the butt, but we create it. We demand it. Why not more? When Mahomes is barking on the sideline, he should be happy, right? Wife, family, riches, titles. No. We do lists. We judge. We criticize. They hear it. Young Giannis loved him. Maturing Giannis with a bite, love him too. It's part of what we do to young people as part of the United States sports machine. J-Mac with the news. No, 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 no. Turn on the news. This is the Herdline News. You know, one of the fun topics we've had lately is who's going to win the NFL MVP. Well, the 49ers have two guys, Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey, shouldering the load. <laughs> Both have garnered MVP consideration. I think the McCaffrey stuff is silly, but Kyle Shanahan was asked who he thinks should win the award. Here's what the coach said. I mean, trying to get me in trouble with those two guys. Um, <laughs> that's the only reason I wouldn't overly comment on either one of them, because I don't want them to cancel each other out. Um, but if any quarter, if any non-quarterback's going to get an MVP, I don't get how Christian McCaffrey can't. I mean, he's amazing in what he's done all year. If it's going to a quarterback, then I don't have to talk about Christian. I can talk about our quarterback. And um, I'm still, if his numbers is all you see, then I think that solves it up. But if you watch the film, um, then it makes it even stronger, which to me is the most important thing. Well, I think it shows you how good they are when they have two players just in their backfield that could be MVPs. And that's not a knock on Purdy because Dak's a good quarterback and there were times that we felt that Zeke was the MVP of the team. It's okay. I mean, McCaffrey is by far and away, by far and away the best running back in the league. Like Adrian Peterson had distanced himself from everybody else. That's McCaffrey. So I don't think it's a shot at Brock Purdy. I just think McCaffrey has literally changed the position. There's never been a running back that catches the ball like that. I mean, he's just, he is, this dexterity as a player is insane. I I don't want to be harsh, but we talk about gambling spreads a lot, right? Yeah. What do you think McCaffrey's worth to the point spread? Um, Well, clearly they don't lose when he plays, so I would say a point and a half. Okay. What do you think Brock Purdy's worth? Two. Who's more valuable? Mm-hmm. You could do this game all day. Two or Tyreek Hill. Any quarterback, any other position. Well, I would say Tyreek I mean, Hill is worth a point and a half. Yeah, two no, is, he's worth something. Two is probably worth a point. Well, wait, the drop-off from two to Mike White? You don't think that's well, a good see the drop-off from Tyreek Hill to his replacement? They're 8-0 when he has big games, 1-4 and four when he doesn't. I think there's a handful of players in the league that aren't quarterbacks. Miles Garrett, Christian McCaffrey, Tyreek Hill that are... Uh, Trent Williams, the left tackle for he's, San Francisco. He's, he's valuable. Yeah, I think those guys are all worth a point to a point and a half. That's a lot for a non-quarterback. Yeah. Trent Williams probably worth a point to a half a point. Christian McCaffrey's worth, absolutely, if he doesn't play, he's a point and a half. Okay. Um, if Tua's ruled out this week and Mike White's in, that spread against the Jets goes from nine and a half to... Uh, no, I don't... I don't no. Six and a half? I no. Mike White is more than capable for a game of handling. We haven't the seen him for a second in this offense. Yeah, I, I watched I, him with the Jets last year. He was solid in a couple uh, mm. couple games. Last year with the Jets. <laughs> Good memory by you, by the way. Uh, all right, next up, the Chiefs are still addressing criticism for Kadarius Tony. Man, guys, catching it all from all sides. Listen, he had a bad penalty yesterday. The Chiefs practiced for the first time since the L. Patrick Mahomes spoke about advice for Kadarius Tony. 
Just be you, man. I mean, that, that's all you can do in, in life or in the, in this league. I mean, you're going to make mistakes. I mean, stuff's going to happen in your life. Um, how, how do you accept that adversity and, and get past it and do it the right way? And um, Coach Reed preaches that, um, and I, that's how I roll. Is I mean, you make one mistake, that's not going to define you. It's going to be how you respond to that mistake. Well, they need him because Rasheed Rice and Tony are the two potential game-changing talents. I mean... It's nothing against Watson. It's nothing against Sky Moore. But those two guys are the twitchy playmakers. So you can't, you know, it's very easy in the offseason to make moves. But if you're in the middle of a season, you're on a losing streak, be careful about your punitive action against a guy, who, a young man who makes a mistake. You need him. He's a very, very explosive player. So, Colin, you know, Chiefs have lost three or four, two in a row. A lot of talk about are they in trouble in the AFC? Have we talked about their schedule the rest of the way yet? Looks like a lot of W's to me. At Patriots versus uh, Aiden O'Connell. Win-win. Versus Jake Browning at Easton Stick. Win-win-win-win. Okay. What's preventing anyone from going and betting Chiefs get the number one seed in the AFC? Despite all their struggles this year. Despite the lack of receivers. Chiefs-Ravens, to me, today, is the Ravens have a tough schedule. They got a little... uh, uh, Two potential losses. That's what I said. I said this, I think, Monday or Tuesday when they lost to Buffalo. They were a foot over the line or a helmet over the line from winning that game and distancing themselves from their own division. I think Kansas City's going to end up. Ask yourself this, that we know San Francisco's the most talented team, and we know Dallas is pretty darn good. Everybody else has issues in this league, and they're clear and they're obvious. Dallas and the Niners have blown out seven or eight teams. They look like Super Bowl teams. So somebody's got to get there from the AFC. So doesn't it come down to, if it's a quarterback coach league, do you trust Mahomes and Reed more than Lamar and Harbaugh or more than Peyton and Russ or more than McDermott and Josh Allen or two and McDaniel? And that's not a criticism of the other groups. But in a coach quarterback league, what I'm saying is I have my highest trust in Reed Mahomes getting out of the AFC. I like the that. only one that I think rivals it is Lamar and Harbaugh, and I do worry about the injury factor with Lamar because I've seen it the last two end of seasons. Trust. I, I don't disagree with that. I just, they've hit a snag in the schedule, man. Listen, that loss at Green Bay was bad. I know you want to say, everybody could say the refs got involved. That loss to the Eagles, that was bad. They, they imploded in the red zone. They got smacked around by Denver. In Denver. We could say Mahomes had an illness, but you were on this. Don't come off of this position. Uh, you were early. A month ago, you said they had problems. I was like, they're going to be fine. No, they do. They've got some problems. They do. Their margins have shrunk. But their problems are champagne problems. It's like <laughs> Alabama struggling at quarterback earlier this year. That's a champagne problem. They lost to Texas. They didn't lose again. Their problems are Tony sometimes can be immature, and they wish Sky Moore would have developed more quickly. I, that, that's Those are not big boy problems. Rasheed Rice has developed into a number one, and they wish Tony was a bit more mature. They're not as good as tackle at tackle as they were last year. That may be something they can't overcome against, like the Niners or the yeah. Dallas Cowboys or Baltimore in big games. Or Buffalo. Or Buffalo. if you don't get the number one seed and Buffalo gets a wild card, which it looks like they might, Colin, we're talking about... Somebody facing Buffalo in the first round, and Josh Allen, you do not want that smoke. Yeah. Final story, reports are indicating the Patriots are done with Belichick at the end of the year. Yeah. Linebackers coach Gerard Mayo has gained a lot of momentum to fill the shoes of the Hall of Famer. Mayo just didn't want to entertain questions about replacing Bill Belichick. 
You've been here long enough. You already. I bet you can say the answer that I'm about to give you. Uh, we're 100% focused on on the Chiefs. And, you know, I only try to control the controllables, and that's out of my control. Hopefully, as you guys all know, one day I want to be a head coach. Um, where that is, I don't know. But at the same time, I would say I have a lot of love for New England. I have a lot of love for the for the fans, the people around the building. And, you know, my family, they love it here as well. So that would be great if I could stay here um, and continue to progress throughout my career. But we'll see. So we're going to replace a defensive coach with a defensive guy who's never been a head coach in a league that's pivoting to the offense. We're 11 of 14 playoff teams today have offensive coaches. I got nothing against Gerard Mayo, but what this organization needs isn't more defense. They need a nuanced, progressive, evolved offensive mind because their personnel offensively stinks. Their offense stinks. They have no feel for it. They're fine on defense. That's not what. This is not against Gerard Mayo. This organization offensively is awful. They have no feel for it at all. They don't need more defense. Gerard Mayo deserves a job, but to me, I'm like, like people mention Vrabel. I love Vrabel. But again, is Vrabel what they need? Look at their receiving core. Look at their tight ends. They have no feel for offense. And defensive coaches, biggest allies in coaching, are defensive coaches. And McVay's closest allies are offensive coaches, as are Shanahan's. And so usually, uh, you know, Dave Wanstead, if I said, who are your five best friends in coaching? It's a lot of defensive coaches. That's the reality of coaching. So New England literally has to do what Miami did. Miami had Brian Flores. They were very much a defensive culture. They literally blew it up and said, we're starting over. We're going to go go San Francisco West, and they changed the way they thought, the way they drafted, the way they paid, the way they coached. Miami, that's a tough pivot because Flores was successful. They were winning games, and they're like, we're literally going to flip the telescope and change how we view football. It has been wildly successful. If the Patriots do not get the number two pick, let's say they land on three, Patriots have the third pick, what's a better job, Patriots or Carolina Panthers next year? Well, I have Robert Kraft. I take Robert Kraft. Easily. Better owner. By far. By far. It all starts there. Really? Wacky owner? No thanks. I mean, Washington had some coaches that had some talent. I mean, go go look at Washington under Dan Snyder. Great owner, but you got to follow Bill Belichick. Good luck if you don't win No, no, that's different. Howard Stern would have been very easy to follow on FM radio if his last five years his ratings tanked. What made Howard Stern hard to follow, he left as the king of FM radio. Belichick's in the toilet. Belichick five years ago, I wouldn't want to follow. Belichick now, offensive coach comes in, they're actually fun to watch. Don't don't take Belichick Ooh. and Tom Landry. 20-year runs ended ugly. By the end, only the dummies were yelling that Jimmy Johnson was getting a coaching job. Those were dummies. Everybody knew that Landry was outdated. Defensive guy, Belichick. So replacing Belichick now, much, much easier than five years ago. J-Mac with the news. Well, that's the news. And thanks for stopping by. The Herd Lie News. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio. Polly Fusco here with Tony Fusco. Yo. Of course, you know us as the host of the number one rated show in all of sports talk, the Polly and Tony Fusco Show. Yeah. Now, the suits at Fox Sports Radio gave us this airtime because they wanted us to tell you how great our show is. Why? Yeah, instead of us doing that, 
Let's just let our millions of fans do the talking. Yeah, play the tape. You don't know crap about sports. I mean, why am I even on this crap? Whoa, 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 whoa. That's the wrong tape. Wrong tape. Just forget that. Look, listen to the Paulie and Tony Fusco Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, ready to discover a new educational and interactive podcast for kids? Join Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids, where episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We learned how to recycle at the beach. That was great fun. Callie, what do you say? It was. And that time when we did the science experiment and Billy made raisins dance. That is so cool, Billy. He did. <laughs> Not to mention when a certain Elliot took up swimming classes with Lisa. That was me! <laughs> Bet you can't catch me. I'm going to get you. All this fun and more in our Stories for Kids. Lingo Kids Stories for Kids is now available on Story Button, the kid-friendly device for screenless podcast listening. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sunday, we got a huge doubleheader on Fox. First, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs take on the Patriots or other regional action. Then in America's Game of the Week, Jack Prescott and the Cowboys take on Josh Allen and the Bills. Check for the games in your area Sunday on Fox. Uh, a couple of stories here. I want to start with uh, the Dodgers and Shohei Otani. Uh, details of his contract are now pouring out. He has a stipulation in his contract that he can opt out if Andrew Friedman, uh, the president of baseball ops for the Dodgers, exits or uh, the owner of the Dodgers, Mark Walter, exits. Otani can leave. I love this. Uh, I have a saying I say two or three times a year on this show. In life, don't chase money. There's a sea of it. Chase good management. There's very little of it. He was in Anaheim. Chaos. Zero playoff wins. He has no interest in duplicating that. 
I mean, have you ever noticed, folks, it's the same NFL teams, decade after decade, year after year, drafting at the top of the draft. This year at Chicago, Carolina, the Jets, Arizona, Washington, the Raiders. Why? Upstairs. Otani's like, upstairs changes, I get a leave. Ask yourself this, when's the last time the Kansas City Chiefs, with the Hunt family, rock solid, were bad for any extended period of time? They were kind of bumpy, 2007, 2008, 2009. It happens when you don't have a quarterback ready to go like Favre to Aaron Rodgers. But there's a reason Kansas City's usually formidable, a viable playoff team, and the Bears aren't. So even the biggest brands in the world, it can be uh, Real Madrid, it could be the Lakers, it could be the Knicks, the Raiders at one point were incredibly viable year after year, a commitment to excellence. And then upstairs gets all mangled. Otani isn't asking for anything, anything but stability. That's all he's asking for. He's deferring his payments for stability. He's asking to have a contract which limits the movement upstairs for stability. That's it. He's 29. He's not 23. He's probably got four great years left, and then you'll see slow declines if he can avoid injuries. Maybe it's longer. But he's not asking for anything other than what wins in pro sports. Stability and the ability with deferred payments to attract other players around him. Clayton Kershaw talks about his newest teammate. It's great. I mean, great, great for the Dodgers, obviously, and Shohei, and he is a unique, unique talent. And I don't think there's anybody like him. And once he starts pitching again, you know, everybody wants to watch it. You know, I want to watch it, so I get the attraction. And from the opening day ticket sales that I've seen, it's uh, everybody's pretty excited about it. So it's a, uh, it's a, it's a fun time to be a Dodger fan for sure. Certainly is. Um, Can't wait. So Ben Roethlisberger has a podcast. I mean, who doesn't? And it's pretty good. He talks about stuff. And whenever he talks about the Steelers, he has a long history there. So he's an expert in Steeler football and knows it. And he has been critical of Mike Tomlin. They just recently lost 21-18 to the awful Patriots. And we're blowing timeouts. And they can't move the ball offensively. And as a former great quarterback, Roethlisberger has the right to an opinion. And we should listen. And he was highly critical of Mike Tomlin. You can't afford in the second half of games to burn silly timeouts and not to have them late in the game. And so, to me, that that is that's bad. It's it's a bad coaching. One of the, the the leaders on the team kind of got on me for saying that I felt that certain guys on the team aren't in it for the team; they're in it for themselves. Well, now some of the guys on the team are saying the same thing. Yeah. So maybe I wasn't too far off when I said that. It just feels like that's something that's kind of been lost on this team a little bit. So the Steelers have been a picture of mediocrity for about six years. Ben played in some of those. Go back six years. They won nine games. They won eight games. They had one good year at 12 wins, and then nine, and then nine, and now they're seven and six. Six years, zero playoff wins. In fact, they have three playoff wins since 2010 over A.J. McCarron, Matt Moore, and Alex Smith. The Steelers' last playoff win over an elite quarterback was 2010, Joe Flacco. It's now 2023, and in three weeks, 2024. And in that time, they've lost to, in playoff games, Blake Bortles, Tim Tebow, Baker Mayfield. As long as Mike Tomlin is there, two things will be true. 
It will be a highly emotional, one, culture, and two, a defensive culture. It will be toughness over ingenuity. More alpha than actually offensive details. That's how they roll. The problem, of course, and we're seeing this in New England, is what is winning in football today. And it's ingenuity, and it's creativity, it's McVeigh, it's Shanahan. Look around. 11 of 14 playoff teams today. Creativity, ingenuity, offensive football. Spend your money on the right side of the ball. So I don't think Mike Tomlin's a bad coach. And I think Bill Belichick, Belichick is legendarily a great coach. But like I referenced Tom Landry earlier, cultures, cultures change and coaches kind of feel out of touch with the current culture. Now, maybe all of this, I could say, would be solved with a better quarterback. But at the end, with Big Ben, who's a Hall of Famer, it wasn't pretty either. They weren't winning playoff games. They were losing to Tebow, Baker, Blake Bortles. And so, two things can be true. I can think Tomlin's a good coach, and I can be deeply concerned about their ability to adapt offensively. Now, the good news is, unlike New England, they draft skill players at an incredibly high level. So the Steelers' issues, to me, are much easier to solve than the Patriots' issues. They can't draft offense. They can't develop it. They've got no feel for it. Steelers always draft receivers, running backs, tight ends, O-linemen that can play. So they they just need to get better at quarterback. I do not believe Kenny Pickett's the answer. I could certainly be wrong. But uh, Big Ben has a right to an opinion. I don't think he's necessarily wrong. And they do not feel like a relevant Super Bowl-worthy discussion football franchise today. Not saying you have to fire the coach. But the coach maybe has to be tweaked and give half of this team to offense, a little more ingenuity, little less concerned about toughness, little less concerned about the chest out, the alpha, little more concerned about details. I think that's a reasonable ask. I don't think they're miles off. I tend to think they're a quarterback off. New England's problems are the Grand Canyon. Deep, and they last a long time, and I'm not sure you can get out of them. All right, J-Mac. Hey, I got a quick one for you. Kenny Pickett has six touchdown passes this season. He has like 12 starts. Joe Flacco has five, five touchdown passes already in, like, what, three games? Two and a half games? Kevin Stefanski. No, I mean, we talked about this. I know it's boring to everybody, so I won't spend it's too much time boring. on it. It's not You're educating folks. Stefanski has taken Joe Flacco off the couch, and they're moving the ball. Shane Steichen has taken Gardner Minshew. They may make the playoffs. Look at what is happening. I'm looking when at an, pickets when like an last... Off, when an offensive no. coach has to use a backup... All through this league, they're flourishing. When a defensive coach gets a backup, and increasingly backups play, it is man overboard. Kevin O'Connell won a game with Josh Dobbs without a practice. McVeigh last year won a game. Baker Mayfield had a single practice. We are watching offensive coaches. Remember, defensive players are getting bigger, stronger. The hits are more punitive. There's more injuries. Offensive line play simultaneously is getting worse. So we're getting more injured quarterbacks. So your team is going to have to play a backup. If you have a defensive coach, you're screwed. If you have an offensive coach, Kevin O'Connell, Shane Steichen, Mike McDaniel, 
uh, um, McVeigh. I mean, Brock Purdy is largely was a backup has now become an MVP. You think that's going to happen with a defensive coach? Trubisky got to the playoffs twice. You watch him in the defensive coach culture of Pittsburgh. He looks like, look at how good, um, this is insane. The greatest example of this is Tommy DeVito's first start. I I sat there on my couch watching it, and I thought, he's not an NFL player. I'm not sure he's a good college player. I watched the second start. I'm like, yeah, he's kind kind of mobile. His third start, I'm like, well, you can win games with Tommy DeVito. Tommy DeVito. I think he got benched at Syracuse. That does not happen. So his defensive players have gotten bigger, stronger, and faster. Offensive line's worse. You cannot solve a quarterback injury with a defensive coach. The proof is throughout the league, top to bottom. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts a rested child is a happy child Sleep Tight Stories is a weekly podcast that brings comfort and joy to families worldwide with calming bedtime stories. The stories are relevant to children and spark wonder without overstimulation, so they can fall asleep and stay asleep. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For a bedtime routine you'll miss when they're grown, Sleep Tight Stories.